0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. If you don't mind, let's turn to the book of Leviticus. I'm going to read a few different uh, verses. I know so, and this is again not my fault, I'm just blaming everybody right now. Um, I know I said last week that we would dive into the book of Deuteronomy, De- Deuteronomy uh, chapter 22, verse 11. But I started studying this thing, and I had to give you something before I gave you that. <laughs> right? I mean, it would be unfair. It's like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without the jelly. I, you know, you can't forget the jelly. So I want to make sure that I give you this before I give you what I have in Deuteronomy. And then... We'll continue from there. We're in this God's lifestyle series, which I think is amazing. I think it is uh, a sound word for this time and season that we're in, and uh, I believe God wants to say something to us. We got to work today, okay? I need. I heard two people. I said we got to work, and I heard two people. Okay. Um, Leviticus 19, and I'm gonna read a few more. I've read these before, but I just want to put them in your spirit. <coughs> uh, Leviticus 19:1 says this: The Lord said to Moses, "Speak to the entire assembly." of Israel and say to them be holy because I the Lord your God am holy. That's our focal text for today. The, the Lord said to Moses speak to the entire assembly, shout entire. The entire assembly of Israel and say to them be holy because I the Lord your God am holy. Leviticus 19:19 19, 19 says this Keep my decrees, do not make different kinds of animals, do not plant your field with two kinds of seed, do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of materials. Deuteronomy 22 and 11 says the same thing, but this verse was spoken to these folks' children. And it says this, uh, do not wear, verse 11 says, do not wear clothes of wool and linen woven together, make tassels on the four corners of your cloak you wear. Somebody shout amen. (coughs) A few weeks ago, uh, we learned what a lifestyle brand was. Um, while Portia was teaching, um, she kind of just gave us a definition. She, she didn't have you write it down, nor did she put it up. Uh, but in the essence of making sure that we grasp the, I guess the anchor of this pop-up series we're in, um, I'm gonna give you a definition. Can you throw that up on the screen for us? Um, a lifestyle brand um, is, a lifestyle brand is a brand that attempts to embody the values Aspirations, the interest, attitudes or opinion of a group or a culture. I'll read that again. A lifestyle brand is a brand that attempts to embody the values, aspirations, interest, attitudes, or opinions of a group or a culture. Um, one of the things that I found out, w- which was interesting to me once I started to dive into um, this lifestyle brand, and, and just so we are kind of on the same page, lifestyle brands that you know of are Apple, um, Nike. Target is considered to be a lifestyle brand. I um, mean, it's these larger brands <coughs> that are more culture-centric versus product-focused. Culture-focused versus product focused all right centric can throw you off if you don't really dive into that kind of stuff Um, they spend more of their investment or more of 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 their available capital capital um, marketing the lives of the people who use the brand or who rep the brand versus telling you about the product that they're trying to sell you say that again they invest heavily in marketing the lives of the people, LeBron, James, Serena, Williams, um, th- th- what's the new girl that plays tennis? Naomi. Um, all of these folks, they, they invest in showing you the lives of the people who wear the brand versus spending money and I- introducing a new product to you, okay? Um, because they understand um, if, they, if, they, if they just sell you on the product, the relationship is one-dimensional, It's just a transaction. But if I can sell you on the lives of those who wrap the product then i can then i can i can i can hook you into a lifestyle that will that will span your life and now it's just not transactional but it's relational it's a lifetime thing it's a thing that i stay into it's a thing that i feel connected to it's a thing that i will out- embody me but if but if i just tell you about my product and just sell you on the product all you're going to do is come get the product and walk away i want more than just one transaction with you now i'm talking about god i want m- one more just more than just one transaction with you i want this to be a lifetime thing i want this it would be a lifestyle thing. So what he does is that he, he allows us, me and you, embody his presence, embody his Holy Spirit so that he can tell his story yeah. and sell his product yeah, through his people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leviticus 19.1 says, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. I want to be very clear, and I'm, I'm just going to say this as plain as I can. God's brand identity is holiness. God's brand identity is holiness. I'm going to say this once again once I get to the end of my message, but it's like his his brand identity is not blessings, it's not miracles, it's not miracle signs and wonders. It's not all of these different things that you may think that it is. His brand identity, his lifestyle brand, is holiness. Mighty quiet today. So now. My product is holiness because I am holy. And I don't sell you on my product. I sell you on the lives of the people embody my product. So the way that I get people, the way that I get the world my product is through the people who embody my product. So we got to say, right? We got to find out because I I could be dropping this on you. You don't know what holy means. You don't know what holiness means. That is why you come to TMC because I give you a little bit more. Let's look at this definition. Y'all get anything so far? The definition of holy. Where you put it? okay. Oh, there you go. Um, the, the definition of holy. Okay. Fundamentally, simply put, it means to be set apart. Say that with me. Set apart. set apart. But you have to look at holiness in two different ways, or the word holy in two different ways. You have to apply it to God, then you have to apply it to us, because the application is not the same. Okay. So when you look at how holiness is applied to God, it signifies his utter distinction, transcendence, and perfection over his creation. He is set apart from it. He is utterly distinct. He is nothing like us. He is far above us. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He is set apart. He is cut away from because of his sanctity and his purity. He can be nothing like what he's created. He is totally set apart. Holiness is the preeminent or dominant characteristic of God. It is the preeminent or dominant characteristic of God. So when, when, when you start to think about God, you think of words of um, omniscience and that and him being all-knowing and his omnipresence and he being ever-present and his, his immutability, his inability to ever change. His holiness is preeminent and above all of those other characters or characteristics about him. God himself talks about his holiness more than any of these characteristics in Scripture. His holiness is preeminent. That is who he is. That is what he does. He is holy. When when the angels cry out, holy, 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 you have to understand that's holy times three. He's extremely holy. He's holy to the third power. Now. Now. When you look at holiness applied to man, there's a bit of a difference. So like I, I told you, God has these characteristics, um, these attributes about him, his omniscience, his, his omnipotence, his, uh, his omnipresence, his immutability, his eterni- eternality. All of these things and all of these attributes only belong to him. He does not share those attributes with us. But his holiness, he allows us to share in that. And he gives us a version of that. Okay? Okay. Now, let's look at man's holiness. It still means to be set apart. But it means a separation or distinction from the moral values and culture of the world for the special purpose of emulating God's dominant attribute, holiness, in the earth. I'm telling you, if I had a baseball in the back, pow. I'm going to read that again because this just, it just, just right. Holiness applied to man, a holy applied to man. A separate or distinction from the moral values and culture of the world for the special purpose of emulating God's dominant attribute, holiness, in the earth. Okay? Now, can we go deeper on this holiness thing? Yes? Okay. So I gave you the definition. In, in, its, in its essence, it means to be set apart, shout set apart. But when holiness is applied to man, holiness not only means to be set apart from, but a set apart for. You get, so, so for God, he's totally distant. He is totally d- distinct. He is, he, he is not the same. He is utterly different. All, he, is, he is just set apart. But for man, I am set apart from the world, and I'm set apart for the kingdom of God. You get that. I want to stop this confusion that we tend to, to, to make when we say, girl, I'm getting better. I'm doing better. I, I, I'm not going on that website no more. I'm not doing social media more. And you set your part away from the, you set yourself apart away from the culture, but you don't set yourself apart for God. Do you see what I'm saying? There's this middle that we tend to like to sit in and make ourselves comfortable in thinking that we're doing exactly what God would have us to do. But if you've only set, you apart, set yourself apart from and not set yourself apart for, then you're not doing, you're not representing the kingdom. Okay. I'm going to give you a little scripture to go along with this. When God comes down and he talks to Moses, he Moses... My people have cried out to me, and I'm going to set them free. Moses, you're going to be the guy. You're going to go set them free. Okay, God, I'll go do it. He gave him a little pushback, but he said, God, okay, I'll go do it. God delivers the the Israelites from the hand of Egypt. They had been in slavery for 400 years. He delivers them from this bondage that they had been in, right? God just doesn't deliver them out into freedom, into free space. He doesn't just deliver them, so they they, they they cross the Red Sea, he does all, of God, a miracle, he does all the miracles, right? He departs the Red Sea, and is a pillar of a fire, all this stuff. He does all of these miracles, and he delivers them out of bondage, and he delivers them unto himself at Mount Sinai. I'm, I'm, I'm skirting around all of this stuff because this is a series I'm going to do sometime this year. It's going to be holy, and, and I don't want to give you too much because I'll just regurgitate it, right? But listen to me. He delivers them out of where they were unto himself at Mount Sinai. That whole process, y'all, and I'm just going to give you this. is This one is free. That is sanctification. That is the process of becoming holy. When you get delivered from it and you get delivered unto it, that's the process of God sanctifying you. This stuff is too good for me, y'all. I want you to understand that we have this thing that we do all of us do, is that I'm going to stop doing this, but you don't start doing that. You just stop doing. And I pat myself on the back for doing better, but that is not what God God is calling his people to do nor be. He is calling you, y'all, listen to me, he is calling you to himself. I heard my father-in-law say this a lot. He he says uh, that he, he brought you out. To bring you in, Can, he brought you out of that crazy family to bring you into his family. He brought you out of that mess to bring you into his peace. Listen to me, y'all. We got to take the next step. We got to go to the next level. Yes, you stop and you should feel good about that. You got off of Facebook. You got off social media and all that stuff is good because now I'm separating myself from the culture. But I didn't pick up the other culture. Come on. Come on. Oh, gosh, this is old school stuff y'all might not want to get into with me. I, I, I didn't pick up the other culture. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't deliver myself unto him. Tell your neighbor, stop sitting in the middle. You know, the worst, I don't know, but I'm from Syracuse, New York, and we rode the city bus all the time. And the city bus had individual seats that had, like, this little, this little cove in it. The worst thing you could do is get on the bus and sit next to someone who was sitting in the middle of a seat. <laughs> because it made it very uncomfortable for me. It was just like, I, well, what am I to do now that I'm, that, like, you've taken up both seats. It is, it, is, it is, listen to me, there is nothing worse than a so-called Christian to be sitting in the middle. There's nothing worse. It is, it is, it, it, it is like a lukewarm soda. No, give me some ice. I want ice. I want my soda to be cold. God wants his people to deliver unto him. He wants you to make sure that you're deciding to live for him. Amen? All right, let's get some more. Let's go, to, uh, let's go back to our verse. Let's get these three points in. We'll be done. Leviticus 19.1, the Lord said to Moses, <coughs> speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Point number one is holiness is unreserved. See that when we, holiness is unreserved, as it relates to where we are in Scripture, um, this is not the first time that God speaks about holiness. Um, if you read through the Book of Exodus, you get into the Book of Leviticus. God is always talking about holiness, um, but He He talks to it through the lens of. Um, ceremonial cleanliness. So he's he's talking about like uh, you know holy or unholy. He's talking about profane versus purity. He's talking about who can and who can't. You know the priest can, but the, this person can't, and all these different things. And he's basically detailing holiness out, but he never really says it in this fashion. When Moses, when God tells Moses, Moses, I want you to go talk to the entire assembly. Meaning for the first time, Moses, I want you to broadcast this message. I want you to DM everybody directly about what I'm getting ready to say because the conversation has been, you know, 5,000 feet away from them. And I've been having this conversation with Moses and I've been having this conversation with Aaron and I've been having it with the priest. But I want you to have this conversation about my holiness with everybody. I don't want, here's the thing, it, it is almost as like in, in, verse, in verse 1, God says, I don't want this idea of holiness to get convoluted. I don't want it to be confusing. I want you to sit everybody down and tell them you are to be holy because I'm holy. Yeah. Yeah. My holiness is not reserved for certain people. Uh-huh. Okay. Moses, my holiness is not just for the priest. It is not just for the praise and worship leader. It is not just for the pastor. It is not just for the missionary. I want you to speak to the entire assembly and tell them to be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holiness is unreserved. There's no reservations placed on holiness. God expects holiness from everybody sitting in this building that calls himself a child of God. Pastor Wanzel, I just gave myself to Christ just the other day. You mean me? He means you too. He means you too. There is no reservation place on the expectation of holiness. He expects it from all of us. But for some reason, specifically in the church, the pastor has to be the most holy in the building. The praise and worship leaders, you got to be holy. But the, listen to me. God makes it very clear. I see no difference, and there is no set of expectations for them that I don't have for you. Holiness is the standard, and that is it. <laughs> he, this is where I heard him. Tell all them. Tell all of them, Moses. <laughs> Because here's the thing, we tend to dis- distance ourselves from the things that we deem to be holy. Here's the funny thing, I'm probably one of the coolest dudes on the planet. I am. Just It is what it is. But listen to me, because I'm a pastor, people distance themselves from me. Because he's too holy. Mm-mm. Listen to what I'm saying. God says, I gave my one and only begotten son for all of y'all. And the expectation is no different for a babe in Christ than there is for an adult in Christ. The expectation is no different. So what we try to get off the hook with, and this is how we do, we'll say, well, I've been trying. Listen to me, y'all. He didn't say, tell them to try to be holy. He didn't tell him to work at be holy. He said be holy. Okay, I'm giving my, this is, let's get this second point. Y'all learning something? Let's read the verse again. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy number two. Holiness is demanded. God gives a demand to the people of Israel, not a suggestion. He doesn't say like holiness is a good idea. To separate yourself from culture is a good idea. You should try it. He says be holy. And I'm just going to be honest with you. When I heard God say that to the Israelites, I thought it was a little unfair. Seriously, I thought it was a bit, I thought it was unattainable. Because you have to take into an account, at least in my mind, before God fixed me and I gave you this point, you have to look at, who they were and what he delivered them from that is where my mind went so if you think about this the Israelites had been slaves for 400 years they were bound by a thing for a very long time not just these folks that were delivered but my mama died in this bondage her mother died in this bondage so the only, only thing I know is this lifestyle. This is the only lifestyle I know, God. But God delivers them unto himself, and he says, be holy. I want, you to, I want you to be the other lifestyle, and I understand what I delivered you from because you would have never gotten out of it if I didn't deliver you. I know where you came from, but you cannot sit in your, in your mess in the lifestyle that you were in and expect for me not to pull you to a new level. I hear many of us saying, Pastor tell, this is the only lifestyle I know. And you telling me I got to be holy? It's demanded to be holy. How, how can I be holy if this is the only thing I've ever known? And I want, here's the thing, check this out, right? If if you pay attention to scripture, oh gosh, holiness in the presence of God are inseparable. The two are synonymous. Now I want you to pay attention to what he says. He says, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. You can be because I am holy. When you look throughout scripture, specifically the Old Testament, God's holiness or holiness itself and the presence of God are synonymous. Moses one day is walking in the desert. He's taking a stroll with his sheep. And as he is walking, this bush begins to burn and there was nothing peculiar about the bush burning Because bushes would catch on fire all the time in the desert. But this specific bush kept on burning. And out of curiosity, Moses starts to walk towards the bush. And out of nowhere, the voice of the Lord says, or the voice of God says, Moses, Moses, stop where you are. You are standing on holy ground. What, What about this plot of land? All of this dirt... Made it holy. Once the presence of I am came down and touched it. It became holy. Listen to me. You can be as long as his presence is there. Mm -hmm. You can be as long as his presence is there. Oh gosh. So now I got to tell you about the tabernacle. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... One of the very first things that God gave to Moses when they were delivered unto himself or for, to construct was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. So then he says, okay, I've given you the, 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 the detail for the, the Ark of the Covenant. Now I want you to build my tabernacle. And the tabernacle was basically a mobile church. Yes? There was three parts to the tabernacle. There was the outer court, and that was for common people. Anybody can get into the the outer court. You could come there and make your sacrifice. You could do anything there that was for common. But once you entered the holy place, only certain people could come to the holy place. The priest could come into the holy place. But then there was another room that was the holy of holies. And in that room held the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. Watch this. The further you got away from the presence of God, the more common things were. But the closer you got to the presence of God, the more holy it got. Listen to me, y'all. Listen to me. So now let's make this make sense in our day and age. The Father God gave his son Jesus so that you could embody his presence, his Holy Spirit. So you're asking yourself, Pastor ones, how can I be holy? This is the lifestyle that I've been living all of my life. I learned it from my dad and I learned it from my mom. And some of this stuff is, 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 is just upon me. And I don't even know how I'm doing this stuff. It's just in my bloodline to do this stuff. Once you determine that you're going to live for God and you're going to give your life to him, he will allow his presence to be embodied inside of you. And now you can be holy because I am is now there. I'm going to listen to this myself. This was pretty (laughs) good. Listen to me. Once the presence of I am shows up, it will be holy. Oh, gosh, I got to go back to, to what I told you before. God delivers Israel out of Egypt just for the, the sake of our conversation that was salvation he saved them yes but if, it, if they had just been saved and stayed right here they could never be holy you have to get into the presence of God in order to be holy you cannot pull off holiness by yourself you cannot live the way that God asks of you and demands of his, of, of his children without his presence being inside of you. And that is the decision that you have to make. I was so, I don't know, I'm not going to say the word is proud of Portia, but she was preaching and she was talking and she was in her flow. And then she started bringing up the Holy Spirit. And I was saying to myself, Portia, give him the Holy Spirit. Give him the Holy Spirit. Give him the Holy Spirit. And she gave it to y'all. I said, yeah, girl, that was a good one. Listen to me, y'all. You cannot live for God apart from His Holy Spirit. Salvation is easy, but sanctification is much harder. Salvation is done by God and His Son, but sanctification is your choice. I just can't be delivered. I can't just be delivered from it or set apart from it. I can't just be set apart from culture. I can't just be set apart set apart from 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 Snapchat. I can't just be set apart from all of the things that my peers are doing. I just can't be set apart. That's not good enough because I'll be drawn back into it. Or, oh gosh, I'll create my own truth right here. I'm not. This is Okay. Let's get this last point. You know, you got to cue the the musician all the time. (laughs) What was point number one? Oh, gosh, y'all better class than that. Point number two. And point number three is holiness is the brand's identity. This, um, this statement that God makes is powerful, or at least it was powerful to me because when he says, be holy, be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy, to me, being never goes away. And I think what God says here to to us and what what, what, what I translated from what he was saying is that from here on out, and I want you to hear this, from this day forward, your theology and your ethics will be wed together. I'll say it plainer. What you believe and what you do must be wed together. I heard one of, this was several years ago. I was at a football game. I don't know, we were at a playoff game for Jordan. He was in high school. And these parents were up in the stands. And um, I don't remember where he went. I want to know. Um, but we, we were in the stands and they lost that game. I remember that. Um, and the parents up there, we, in, we unintentionally sat on the wrong side. It was some other parents over there, and we were out of town. These folks didn't know us. And, you know, we're sitting there, and, and some other parents were there from the other side that should have been on the other side, and they started getting into it. And this, this, this one um, mother um, starts to just, she starts to go off and starts to use some, um, some XYZs. And um, she finishes off her, 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 her statements by saying, I'm one of them cussing Christians. And I looked at Tina. I didn't know they made those. (laughs) Listen to me now. Watch this. Listen to me. Watch this, y'all. She was trying to disconnect herself from what she believed because her actions didn't line up with what God demands. And I want to ask you in this moment, what kind of Christian are you? What kind of Christian are you? Because in the text, God says there's only one kind, a holy one. What I want to get into next week, y'all, and I can't wait to get there, I I want to start to talk to you about how your thoughts got to be holy. You see, you want your actions to be holy, but you got to start with your thoughts. As a man thinketh, so is he. I could desire to be holy all I want, and I could desire to live for God all I want, but if up here I'm not thinking holy... saying things may not be your issue (laughs) Peter um, one of the um, more profound disciples in scripture when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified and they were getting ready to take him unto his death I'm not going to mess with y'all like other preachers do. But other preachers would tell you that Peter began to curse to prove that he was not connected to Jesus. And in a, in a sense, he did that, but he didn't literally do that. He didn't literally use profanity. He began to call down curses on himself. And he began to, to swear that he knew nothing of Jesus. So he cursed and swore But my point is this. He wanted to make sure that he did something. His conduct did not match that which would associate him with the kingdom of God. Listen to me. God says right here, what you believe, your theory, your theology, is tied to your actions. Forever. Because he he doesn't say try, he says be. He just says be holy. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.